Wellness Force Radio, episode 58. We can only be the victim if we are not prepared for anything in life. So we pretend like life is happening to us when we are the ones creating our own life. Life is not is not something that happens to you. Life is, is happening around you. The only thing you have control of is the way that you process it, your reaction to it. Welcome back to the show. This is your host, Josh Trent. Thank you, my friend, for sharing your day here with me on the podcast. This show is where I hunt down and find you, the most inspiring and passionate experts in both wellness technology and behavior change. This is where every week you and I get to come together to learn from a world-class leader who dedicates their life to driving real transformation in our physical and emotional wellness. I'm both pumped and honored to bring you this show by our sponsor, Perfect Supplements. This is a company who really walks the talk with their values of non-GMO, organic, and pesticide-free, really important real food supplements that support us all on the wellness journey. Hop over to perfectsupplements.com and enter code wellnessforce at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. Today on the show, we're going deep to get knowledge and tools from fitness celebrity and online trainer, Rob Dion. Rob is going to talk to us about real strategies for the modern day woman, man, or family who travels. How do we have this healthy mindset, not only in the foods that we eat, but in the movements that we do on the road? I mean, it's something that we all deal with. We have to travel. There's nothing more stressful sometimes than traveling. And you know the drill. When you're the most stressed traveling, that's when it's easy to drapes on over and get that big waffle with extra whipped cream on it. So to help us circumvent the deleterious stuff that's at every turn at the airport, Rob is going to come on the show today to share his key strategies and tips on how not only to eat when we travel, but also how to integrate movement. Make sure you stick around to the end of the show. Rob gave us a phenomenal giveaway. It's pages of what we can eat, some snack foods, different things to actually integrate this knowledge into our busy travel schedule. A little bit about Rob. He is a national Academy of Sports Medicine fitness professional. He's a performance enhancement specialist, a corrective exercise specialist, and he's also a CrossFit certified trainer. Rob's a good friend of mine. I think you guys are going to love this show. He's funny. He's got lots of energy and he knows his stuff. Let's jump into the conversation with Rob Dion. Rob, welcome to the show. Josh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk with you. You know, we've known each other for years. We met at Podcast Movement last year, but today's topic something that's come up a thousand times or more in working with clients. It's how to stay healthy and fit on the road. And I know you're an expert in this. We talked about in your intro, your fitness career and everything that you do at Open Sky Fitness. But I'm curious, Rob, what is one thing that people don't know about you? You're all over the internet, but what is something we don't know about you? Uh, that's a good question. Actually, I was asking my wife, you, you kind of sent me preliminary questions about what to expect from you, uh, which is really funny because I said, I think you asked me like, what's something people might not know about you that you, that's fun or something like that. And I was yeah. like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'm fun about. So, <laughs> but I think something that would, people would find surprising about me because I'm such an athletic person is that I, I, I hate sports. I actually detest sports. I can't sit through, which is really weird. I can't sit through an entire sporting event unless I'm there. Then I'm totally fine. But if you put like baseball or football or something on TV, unless it's the playoffs, I'm, I'm, I'm out. You can't even, don't even talk to me about it. It's weird. What's your favorite sport? <laughs> I, couldn't na- I couldn't name you 10 professional <laughs> athletes right now. I'm not even kidding you that are, that are current. 
So, but I'll tell you why. Uh, there's a reason why. It's not just because like I'm just some random guy who hates sports. I grew up with four older sisters. I was the only boy, and there was no opportunity to watch sports on television growing up. My dad was a fan of of hockey, but my dad uh, English was his second language. He was from Canada, New Brunswick, Canada, just above Maine, uh, and he wasn't a very uh, communicative guy. So he would just kind of sit there, and I would kind of ask him questions about it but he wasn't like he wasn't like you know Rob this is the really cool reason why hockey's so awesome and this mm. this player and this player it wasn't like that it was like uh when you get it in the in the net this is uh this is how this is how the game is won I'm like oh this is boring well you you played a ton of sports in high school though I mean you've been working out since you were 15 years old and you actually something yep. something interesting about you that I did some digging on Rob is that you did a lot of hunting and your dad's Canadian so you hunted around New York you make your own sausages and you're a boar hunter what's up with that. That's right. Well, I grew up my dad, like I said, my dad grew up in Canada and he grew up in the sticks. So there was, there was years when my dad killed like multi multi-digit animals. Um, so when I was growing up, I started hunting with my dad when I think I was 12. And so we would go deer hunting, rabbit hunting, uh, pheasant hunting. And I wasn't very good at it back then, but we would always usually come back with something. And, you know, recently, now that I'm getting into this health and fitness world and I'm trying to uh, source my meats from really high quality areas, I thought to myself, you know what, if I'm going to eat really quality meat, if I'm going to eat meat at all, I want to get it from, I want to get it from, get it myself. And I want to know exactly where it comes from. Mm. So last year was the first time since I've lived in California, uh, was the first time that I went hunting by myself with, well, with a guy that I'm, that I'm friends with here in Los Angeles. And we went boar hunting in, uh, just North of, of Los Angeles, about two hours North. And we got a boar and I took that thing apart. I wanted to see if I would get, I would get queasy or anything like that. <laughs> I wanted to see if I could handle it and, and, and actually butcher it myself. Hmm. And I went, I mean, I did, I went start to finish. This is one thing that I've always wanted to do is to be able to like harvest my own animal. You know, it's, it, I got to knock that on my list. That's going to be the next box to tick on my list. That is something so cool. And how powerful is that too? Cause it gives you incredible respect. And I know one of the things you're super passionate about is food, not just right. eating quality foods, but also how to get them sourced, how to get them into your life. And you are married to this beautiful woman. She's a gyrotonic instructor. You guys live in LA. There's not much hunting going on in LA, right? No, 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 not, not unless you, you know, you include the possum that's in my backyard that keeps like running through and <laughs> scaring my cats, but no, otherwise, no, there's no hunting here. Well, you were really active as a kid. I mean, you played sports and then at some point though, you found yourself moving from NY over to LA 2008. You're carving out this career for yourself as an actor. That's when you got into fitness, right? I mean, walk us through kind of your transition from acting into personal training. Well, there was a huge chunk of time where I didn't basically play any sports, didn't work out on a regular basis, uh, actually smoked cigarettes. Uh, I went into like this, you know, when you become an actor, I was 18 years old. I didn't act in high school because I was a jock in high school and it was, it was too, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to, you know, it was something that I was really in, I was really eager to try, but I knew that if I did, I would kind of get made fun of. And it's really sad, the reason why I didn't do it. But when I, when I got to college, it was like a great chance for me to kind of change the way I was. So I, I stopped playing sports and I started going into acting and I started taking acting classes. I started doing plays. And then I started smoking cigarettes. I was like, I was in that crew, that crew, mm. up all nights, drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes, kind of crew. And and then I I ended up going to a community, I mean a, a conservatory for acting, and it was it was great 
for, you know, 10 years. I probably dedicated maybe, no, actually more than that, like maybe 10 or 15 years of my life to really trying to become an actor. And I got far away from the, the healthy lifestyle. And before that, I wasn't even healthy. I was playing sports. I was a kid from Long Island who was eating pizza, you know, and, and pasta and all that crap. That was mm -hmm. my, that's what I was taught as a kid growing up. I wasn't taught how to eat healthy. So I learned how to do that much, much later in life after moving to Los Angeles. So I brought, you know, Los Angeles is, is, you know, coming out here as an actor is what brought me here. I didn't transition into becoming a personal trainer until I was doing a play here in town. I was, I, I had to take my shirt off. So I, I didn't want to look, I didn't want to look bad, you know, and nobody wants to look bad with their shirt off. So I worked out and got, you know, got in great shape. And it turned out one of the guys in the show with me, he was playing against me. I was playing, I was playing Achilles and he was playing Ajax. And he was like, dude, how'd you get, how do you, how do you look like that? How'd you get to look like that? And I said, well, I, you know, I worked out. I just been, I've been working out for the last couple of months. Yeah, I'm ready for this role. And he's like, would you be willing to train me? And that was it. And mm -hmm. that was, that was how I think it's how a lot of personal trainers kind of get started unless they go into like exercise physiology when they go to college. But if you're going to get into it later in life, it's because you're kind of taking care of yourself. So I started training him and then uh, getting certifications in personal training. And then my curiosity really dug in and I was trying to figure out how to help him, how to help myself. And that was, that was kind of the journey for me. That's how it started. And I started building my clientele and, and kind of the rest is history. You touched on the nail when you said this is how people find personal training. I mean, I have a story where I went through a weight loss journey. I think a lot of people, Rob, in the fitness industry have some kind of health transformation. I think it's pretty rare, actually, that somebody's yeah. just been in perfect shape all their life and then they want to become a trainer. Flash forward, though, because in 2008, while you were carving out this career as an actor, transitioning into training, you actually ended up weighing 194 pounds. There's this amazing amazing photo on the site. We're going to link this in the show notes at openskyfitness.com. On the left side, you're 194. You're looking, you know, like vacation mode, little gut hanging out. And then you realize, oh my gosh, I'm 31. I haven't worked out consistently. You actually said that you were depressed and overworked and kind of motivation was south. What was this like? I mean, how did you transition out of this? Well, the sad thing, I was, I was juggling two or three careers. I was, you know, I was a personal trainer. I was waiting tables and I was an actor. Right. So I had to figure I, I couldn't really figure out kind of where my place was. And when I when I my wife took that picture of me, thank you know, I want to thank her for that. She took this picture of me. It was this terrible picture while I'm standing at a waterfall in Hawaii at our honeymoon. And I'm 30 years old and I'm just like, oh, I look disgusting. And so I had to, you know, it wasn't even then that I realized that I was that like I had a problem. It was just I I I knew that I had to make a decision whether or not I was going to, you know, change my life or whether or not I was going to just kind of continue on the same path. And, you know, it took years for me to kind of figure out how to get healthy. It's not, this is not an overnight process, how to, how to be healthy as an individual. You know, there are certain strategies and we'll talk about a lot of that stuff today. There's certain strategies you can follow, but really everybody has an individual path. And unless you're willing to really put in the time and the energy to figure out what your path is, you're never going to get there. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was, I was 30 years old. I was overweight. I hadn't worked out in years. Devin and I just got married. I hadn't worked out in a while. I felt like a hypocrite because I was, I was, you know, part of my job, one of my jobs was being a personal trainer and inspiring people to be healthy. And I knew that I needed to do something to change all that. And it took almost five years of me kind of figuring it all out. And I, and I realized I started doing triathlons and that same client, that same person who asked me to train him, 
he kind of saved me in a way because we had trained for years. I got him to down about a hundred pounds, but yet I was gaining weight mm. because I was putting all my effort outward. And he asked me one day if I'd be interested in doing a uh, half marathon. And I thought to myself, yes, yes, mm. I will do this with you. I will do this with you. I won't just train you for the half marathon. I will do it with you. And that's what I did. And then I snowballed that. I started inviting all of my clients to do half marathons, 5Ks, 10Ks, mud runs, Spartan races, triathlons. Uh, I, I did as many different endurance races as I possibly could. I did that for about three years and the weight started falling off. I mean, looking back though, Rob, this is interesting because you said something that rang true for me. You said, you know, here I am, I'm helping other people get healthy, but then you actually were feeling like your health was a little bit out of control yourself. I mean, I can so relate to that because yeah. that's exactly how I felt in 2012. That's actually why I took a step out of fitness. But looking back though, do you feel like that's actually made you a more successful health professional now? Because not only do you understand what it's like to lose the weight, but you're also empowering others as you lose it. Of course, because it's not about, like I said, it's not about all the little tics, tips and tricks and, st and strategies. Even though they're helpful, it's, it's more about the mindset. And you know this because you and I have talked about this. I had you on my show and we talked about this. Like if you don't, if you're not in that healthy mindset, you're never going to achieve that well, that it, well, it's not even achieve the goal because it's just like it's like you're never going to eventually have that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. The mind has to the mind has to change and shift and point towards having a healthier way of living. So I needed to shift my mind away from focusing it all my energy on other people and start focusing it on myself, not in a selfish way, but in a very like, I can't take care of people if I can't take care of myself kind of way. And so now when I talk to my clients, I see that internal struggle and I can, I can empathize with that. And I think that's what a lot of trainers who haven't gone through, haven't had struggles in their life. I think that that's, that's the biggest lacking piece. I, I see it all the time in the gym. It's the biggest piece that's lacking from, from people trying to help other people lose weight or trying to help them through a struggle, a tough time in, in whether or not it's like building muscle or losing weight. Mm. And I've been through the process. Now, maybe you've had a much more drastic weight loss than I have. But maybe, you know, but mine is not, you know, but mine still counts in a way because mm -hmm. I definitely had my struggles, you know, so it, it's, you know, it's all, it's all on a spectrum, but you know, I can at least, the, the big thing is I can empathize with my clients the, along the way. And your family history. I mean, you know, my good half is Italian. So you grew up in New York, you know, you have an Italian family, food equals love in an Italian culture. So it's challenging when we travel. I mean, our whole show today is unpacking how to stay healthy and fit on the road. When you go out and you go back home, what is it like? I mean, is there a support system for you to be healthy? Does your family support that? And if so, what does that look like for you? No, it's terrible to be honest. It's so, <laughs> it's so unbelievably bad. This is typical though, right? I mean, this is, I don't it's, think most families support people that want to be healthy. Well, look, here's the thing. You have to figure out a strategy around working with your family. Uh, my family, the uh, diet in my family is looked at as only fat people diet or people that have somewhat lost control and, and women. Hmm. It's like fat people, people who have it, who have lost control and women who diet, right? Men don't diet. And, you know, and then it's like, and then other people, you know, unless you've gained like an absorbent amount of weight, there's no reason to diet. So when I was growing up, my mother as a woman was always dieting. And that meant not eating normal food. It didn't mean like, you know, I'm going to start cooking healthier foods. It meant I'm not eating what everybody else is eating. So it was completely separate, which was really sad. And for me, it was, it, it took me a long time to figure that out that my mom, when she was trying to eat healthy, didn't feed us healthy foods. 
We were still eating pizza. We were still eating pasta. We were still eating like, you know, meatballs and, and, and all that other crap that we were, you know, that was on our plates all the time. But she was like eating grilled chicken, a whole bunch of vegetables. She was doing that, but she wasn't feeding that to us. So I felt like, oh, well, that's only reason to do that. The only reason to eat that way is because is because you want to lose weight. So that's not that's not me. I don't need to lose weight. Wow. So I never felt like that. Right. So I that was a real mind shift. And I that didn't come until I was in my 30s. That really didn't come until my 30s. So flashing back, you actually saw, wait a minute, at a kid, at a child age, like growing up with my mom dieting and whatnot, that actually was healthy eating. That's not diet. You know, people go on diets, the first three letters is die. And that's how it feels like when you're starving, you know, you're eating all these calories that don't mean anything. But it's interesting because you're extremely passionate about nutrition. I mean, I'm looking at your Instagram last week and I'm just seeing these mouthwatering things. I'm like, this guy should actually be a nutritional like producer. He should be putting out, pumping out clean meals for people on delivery services and whatnot. But man, you're passion for nutrition, do you think it stemmed from this transition in your childhood or did your passion for nutrition really come from the transition you experienced when you were a trainer? Well, okay. There's two different things. There's my passion for cooking and then my passion for nutrition. And they're two different things, but I've melded them together. My passion for cooking started very young as a kid. Like I was, I was making, I would, I would love making food. I spent time, my grandmother grew up in the same house that, that, that I grew up in, you know, she, she, I grew up in the same house my grandmother was living in. And so she would make, I mean, she she was, she would make all kinds of delicious food and she cooked the way she actually cooked better than my mom in a way that she was using lard instead of like vegetable oils. Mm -hmm. She was using, she was cooking with like real meats instead of like all of these like lean turkey breast, ground turkey breast kind of thing. Like she was, she was cooking more traditional Italian foods. And my mother was trying to cook like healthy, quote unquote, healthy American foods, which, you know, doesn't, doesn't really equate to being healthy nowadays as we, as we can kind of, as we know. Yeah. So, but it's so funny you should mention this because I have sitting in front of me the first recipe my, my grandmother ever wrote for me. Uh, I want to frame this thing because before I went away to college, I was, I was 20 years old or something like that. My, my four year, I left for school. I have a recipe for uh, pasta vazul. It's a Yugoslavian recipe that is, I mean, I, for lack of a better word, mind-blowing. I mean, a mind-blowing, uh, amazing meal. And so I had my grandmother write this down for me. My grandmother's still alive, but God knows she wouldn't be able to remember at this point hmm. what's, what goes in this thing. But I, I kept this as a reminder of, how, of my passion for cooking. And I know that this was the first recipe that I ever wrote down or had her wrote down, write down for me because I knew it was such an important meal in my life. So my, my transition from learning how to cook and then transitioning into knowing how to cook foods that will help my body uh, look and feel better. Uh, that was that was a that was a transition that didn't happen until probably the last like five to seven years. It really is a nice connection to your grandma. Now, my question is: Are you going to share this recipe, or is this like a family secret? You know what's funny? Okay, here I'll read the ingredients, and this is exactly how she wrote it: fresh kidney beans. Right? She doesn't say how many. She says uh, salt pork. I, this is not, this is, this is a very, this is now you got to think this is Yugoslavian. Uh-huh. So it's, it's very, it's very hearty wintertime food. Uh, garlic, meat, just wrote meat. Didn't write what kind wrote potato, <laughs> wrote <laughs> potato, one potato, one onion, parsley, macaroni, tomato sauce, bouillon cube, beef. That's it. That's, that's what's in it. That's what's in it. So it's not like there's no, there's no uh, measurements. There's nothing. I know exactly the measurements mm. myself, but 
I never wrote them down. I, I know them in my head because I've made this a few times in my life, and I know it by watching my grandmother and making it with her and learning how to make this specifically. The paper is torn. It looks like a f- pirate's treasure map. I'm sorry if I curse, but that's what it looks <laughs> it's like. It's okay. I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what this looks like. It, it has stains from me making this throughout my life on it. And it's the coolest thing ever. That's why I want to frame it. Man, such a powerful story because there's definitely a connection to love through food for your grandma. You know, last week we had Kat Humphus on the show and we talked about her connection to food. I think it's only natural that the things we pick up from our family and our loved ones, we can apply in our life. Now, hopefully those are healthy and it sounds like grandma was really making some good stuff. I want to transition into really the core of our topic today and that is healthy traveling. Now you've gone out of your way to make Wellness Force a healthy travel guide. We're going to link that in the show notes at wellnessforce.com slash open sky if you want to get that guide right now. But on this guide, we're going to talk about the real, not just tricks, but also processes to plan when you travel. There's three specific things that really get in the way. And let's go over these, Robbie. What are the three things that happen when people travel? This comes up so much with clients. Well, you just, you just mentioned it. Uh, it's actually, it's almost like the pitfalls of planning, poor planning, right? And you could break that down poor planning into multiple, multiple, it goes, it almost goes on forever. And people, uh, they, they lack the planning skills to succeed in the future, right? They just, they just some, somehow leave life up to chance. And that's, that's one of the biggest mistakes that you could make, especially if you travel consistently once a month, if your if your travel is business and you expect that when you get there, something magically is going to happen. That's going to keep you healthy. So there's, there's all kinds of strategies. I, I have a, I have maybe seven, and I know that we wanted to keep it down to three. And I even in this thing, I, I narrowed it down to three, but I'm going to give you a few, and we could talk very quickly Let's about it. Let's go for it. If you're cool with that. All right. So, first thing off on the list is in terms of planning is call ahead. Call all the restaurants in that area that you are going to, that, that area that you're going to, and find out what's on the menu. I mean, there's a such thing as Yelp these days. We've all heard of it. You know the city you're going to. You know the, you know the zip code. Hmm. There's a such thing as Uber. You can get to any restaurant in any area in about five minutes. So call ahead and find out or look online and find out which restaurants are in your area that are going to provide you with the food that you need in order to succeed on that trip. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's beyond just using an app, though. This is taking inspired action. So there has to be some kind of plan ahead. So when somebody's about to travel, I mean, how much time are we talking here? Is this 10 minutes to kind of plan out their day or what does that look like? 10 minutes to find out maybe two or three restaurants that are in their area that are safe for them to go to. Got it. Right. So there's the next one, playing the victim. This is one that when clients come back to me, it drives me bananas because they always come back and they say, oh, my boss, Rob, he, was, he, he had me up at like the crack of dawn and then mm. I didn't get home until like 11 o'clock at night and then it, the same thing the next day. And it's like, look, you know what? There's, there's five minutes in the day. You can't tell me there's not five minutes in the day to you know, do a quick little workout in your hotel room or 10 minutes because you spend a half an hour on social media while you're sitting on the toilet in the morning. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you spent that time just like checking out your Instagram, checking out your Twitter and just kind of tweeting out. You could spend you could spend that time could be better spent by just maybe taking five minutes to do a quick little workout in the in, in your hotel room if that place doesn't have a gym. And so it's playing the victim card. I mean, is that just like, oh, I'm just a cause of circumstance? I mean, how do we circumvent being the victim then when it comes to planning this for travel? 
Well, that's exactly it. I mean, we only we can only be the victim if we are not prepared for anything in life. So we pretend like life is happening to us when we are the ones creating our own life. Life is not is not something that happens to you. Life is is happening around you. The only thing you have control of is the way that you process it, your reaction to it. Hmm. Right. So if you're processing, oh, my boss is, is, is riding me. I don't have enough time. If your reaction is, oh, well, I have no, there's nothing I could do about it. Instead of sending your boss a text back and saying, OK, I'll be writing in about 35 minutes. Like there's he's not going to judge you for that. Right. There's there is there is time and space in the day for you to get, you know, to get your either workout in or your, your healthier food in. And if anybody ever questions you, be like, no, dude, I, I have to. I have to exercise. I have to, I'm not going to turn into, I'm not going to like let myself go just because I'm, I'm on a work thing or I'm on a vacation. Um, so that's, that's that one playing that victim. What's next after playing victim? I mean, we know about the call ahead, like that's pretty simple to call, but also having a list or an app. I mean, what about creating a technology piece or a list on your phone? If people that travel a lot, they typically go to the same places as their business, right? So there could be a way to just always have a list of restaurants that are open late. One of the things I did with a client last week was asking them to put something healthy on their fridge for 10 places that are open late where they can order healthier foods. Would you say that falls into calling ahead, playing the victim? Which one is that? I would say that that comes into calling ahead and, and really planning, uh, you know, and that doesn't, that's not just for restaurants. I went down to, um, I went down to Fort Lamette. You write on my website. I did, I did a men's physique competition a few years ago and it was the, it was, it was right after I was coming out of doing triathlons and I wasn't really happy with the way that I was looking because I was kind of getting a little emaciated. I was, I was losing all of my muscle mass and I, and I like my muscle. I like, you know, looking stronger. So I wanted, I was like, you know what? I said to my wife, I said, you know what, Dev? I think I'm going to do a men's physique competition. I know it sounds crazy. I don't really like getting on stage and kind of flexing, but it's a really good way for me to set a goal that gets me to a place that I want to be physically, hmm. right? So I signed up for a men's physique competition, gave myself six months, and I put on all this muscle, right? But during that process, I took a long, I took a trip to Fort Lauderdale for over a week. And I was in solid preparation mode for six months. So there wasn't, I couldn't just disappear and then not go to a gym. So yeah. before I left, I looked at the area that I was staying and I called every gym in that area to see if I can work out there either for free or for like, you know, how many, I only needed to work out three times while I was there or four times while I was there. And that, and I ended up finding a one-on-one -on -one personal training gym that looked up my website and they were like, yeah, dude, you can come, you can work out here. You can <laughs> totally come work out here for free. That's totally cool. And it was five minutes from where I was staying. Mm. It was a one-on-one -on -one gym that's not showing up as like a, as a free gym anywhere. And th they allowed me to come there and work out there for free. And I got to work out four times while I was on vacation and I didn't miss a day. This is awesome, man, because the proactiveness you took falls in line, I think, with both of them. You called ahead and you right. were the victor instead of the victim. I mean, what's something else that you see as being really vital to maintaining healthy exercise and nutrition when traveling? Well, just, I mean, logistically, while you're on the road, right, I think a lot of people just leave it, again, leave things up to chance. So you go to, we, for some reason, when we go through baggage claim, and we go through security and we pop out on the other side and there's this food court. We run right to McDonald's. It's like, I'm on, I'm on vacation. I'm, I can't be responsible anymore. I'm not at my, my real life is on the other side of that, of that security guy. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm now going to just, I'm going to have a, a McDonald's French fry or I'm going to have an Egg McMuffin or something like that. So the best thing to do would be, you can bring food on a plane. You can't bring, you can't bring liquid, 
But there's nothing that says you can't bring food on a plane. Mm -hmm. So you can pack a trail mix, beef jerky. You could pack like single packs of tuna, like canned tuna. You can have protein bars. You can have nature's protein bar. You can bring you can bring hard boiled eggs with you. And you, the guy sitting next to you is going to kind of be pissed off. But you know, like you can bring whatever you want on that plane in terms of food. So why would you? leave it up to chance that you hope that the Southwest terminal is going to have something healthy to choose from because God knows they don't. Mm -hmm. What about key foods? I mean, you already mentioned kind of the single servings for nuts and whatnot. What are some go-tos for you when you travel and that you have your clients take? I know you work with a lot of executives. I mean, what are they taking when they go on the road? Well, taking, taking things like snack foods like that are imperative right? You want to make sure that you have something that when you're in a jam, you're not starving because when you're starving, you make bad choices, right? So yeah. if you're not call, so the job is you call ahead, you find out what restaurants are there when you get there, right? But then on the trip in that, in that time that you're away, you have food, certain foods that will hold you over. And we're not talking about, you're not talking about well-rounded meals, right? If you have trail mix and some beef jerky in your bag, it's not a well-rounded meal, but it's not a meal that's going to throw you off to where now you're like, oh, well now I'm screwed. You know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to let it fly for the rest of the vacation or the yeah. rest of this trip. Yeah. So that's, I mean, is it all, it keeps coming back to being prepared. Uh, there's one more that's like when you go in, instead of having, it's not just about food, but about water. And the, the crazy thing is we get to the airport and we, we don't bring water with us, yeah. uh, because you can't right? but you can bring a water bottle that's empty. You could bring an empty plastic water bottle. So why spend $4 on that little tiny bottle on the other side when you can have a nice big, like, you know, you know, what is it like a liter, a couple liter bottle of water with you that you could just, then you bring it on the plane. And you don't have to wait an hour for the woman to show up with that shot glass of water. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So calling ahead, not playing the victim, packing foods, packing healthy snacks, even though right. they're not well-rounded, getting those in there and then bringing the empty water bottle. You know, it's interesting. These seem like on the surface that they would all be just so intuitive to us, but unfortunately right. they're not. We have to get reminded sometimes. We get to get reminded. I mean, this is something that it's good to talk about. It's another thing to execute. What do you see as to why people don't execute on these things? What are their reasons that come up? They want an ex they, they, they really do want an excuse to fail. They want to know that they, they want to have a good excuse to fail. And that excuse comes down to, well, when I got there, they didn't have it. Or when I got there, there was no gym. Or when I got there, there wasn't, you know, there was just, there was nothing open. Hmm. There was nothing open. So I had no choice but to order the room service that, and they only had buffalo wings on the list. So uh. like, you know, that's, I think that's what we, we secretly, and I, I fall into this category. I secretly want to just eat pizza and buffalo wings all day long. I do. And well, I guess it's not a secret because I just announced it on your show, but I do. I love pizza <laughs> and buffalo wings. It's delicious. But, you know, so it's, it's like we, we somehow trick ourselves. And I know because you, you've told the story of like eating, eating food in the closet, right? You secretly want to, you're going through the airport and you're going to your hotel and you know that when you get there, you're going to order something bad because it's, it's comforting. Yeah. I mean, for me, it wasn't a closet. It was more just eating foods in private. Like, oh, I'm at right. home alone early in my life, you know, using food as waiting them out. You know, I think you're talking about something powerful when we look at self-awareness. What about knowing our triggers? I mean, traveling brings up a ton of stress for people. Exercise is eustress. Stress is distress. So well, people are distressed. You know, they're going around busy airports. They have this lugging bag. They're trying to sprint to their gate. When they get to Ohio, they're sitting there. I mean, guaranteed there's hardly anything healthy in Ohio 
rely on less you're proactive. But what about these triggers that exist, you know, knowing oneself? Yeah, it's good that you bring up your triggers because I think we only, we, we're only willing to address our triggers when we're in a good place right? Because our triggers come up and then we have, we're, 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 um, we're completely at a loss when it comes to our triggers, right? So when say it, it could be like when somebody says something to you or when your wife says something to you and, and or your girlfriend says something to you and you know that that's going to piss you off, right? Hmm. So if you know that there's something that you're going to say, that's going to get her to say something that's going to then really, really trip your trigger. Right. And then you're going to, and then you're going to fly off the handle. Well, it's the same thing for food. Like it's the same thing for exercise. If we, if you are in a good place, ready to prepare, right. Then you prepare to not trip those triggers. It sounds, it sounds really kind of, kind of counterintuitive, but you have to, you have to know what your triggers are. So when you go on vacation, do you go through baggage claim and immediately want to go to fast food? Right. Because it's something, it's something that triggers. I know that for me, when I go through baggage claim, I start to think about McDonald's egg McMuffins. Like I just, for some reason, I think it was something from when I was a kid. It's, I know that I, so I have to make sure before I go to the airport, I eat something. If I go to the airport hungry, I'm going to want to beeline for that. So I'll make sure that I make something that's going to hold me over before I actually get on that plane. So it's really being, it all, it, it really does come down to planning all of this comes down to knowing your triggers and then planning to succeed. We'll jump right back to the conversation with Rob. I want to talk about something really important when knowing our triggers, and that is lack of sleep. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I don't sleep the night before, I am a cranky bear the next day. Let's help each other. Whether you're traveling or not, Natural Calm Magnesium can give you that restful sleep so the next day can be even more energized. It's no secret that over 60% of Americans do not get the magnesium levels they need from eating real food. That's why Natural Vitality has made Natural Calm. You can get this at the show page for Wellness Force at perfectsupplements.com slash wellnessforce. This is an award-winning magnesium supplement. It's the best-selling magnesium supplement in the entire natural products market. Whether you're on the road or just trying to get great sleep at home, make sure you supplement magnesium with Natural Calm found at perfectsupplements.com slash wellnessforce. Do not forget to save yourself 10% off the entire order by entering your code wellnessforce. Now let's jump back to the conversation with Rob Dion. Man, the power of this is huge because we had Gretchen Rubin on the show. She talked about her tendency types. And for people like myself that are obligers, you know, we do really well with these external frameworks where other people are counting on us. But for us, this is so important. What about like you had said, you trained for something, you actually had a goal, you were traveling, but because of the power of your goal for the fitness competition, what if somebody doesn't have a strict goal? How do they actually get in touch with that goal to then facilitate their healthy behaviors on the road? I think having goals is one of the best things you can possibly do for yourself, right? I have a, I have a really good example because um, right now I have two clients that are ca at Cannes film, film, film Festival right now, right? Two producers, clients in LA, very successful guys. So they separate, they're not like, they don't know each other, but so they're both there right now. One guy is, is when I say in fitness, 100% in, he's 100% in, right? So I give him exercises to do, he does them, right? The other guy he cancels all the time, right? It's like at least I, I train him once, you know, like maybe once or twice a week when he's scheduled for like two to three times a week, right? So 
when I when they were going to Cannes, the guy that the guy that doesn't care just went to Cannes and was like, ah, well, I'll figure it out when I get there. The other guy, his goal was to in three weeks from now, he's he we've been getting him ready for he's going on a surf trip right after Cannes. And he knows that if he doesn't get in the water, because he hasn't been in the water in a while, if he doesn't get in the water or if he doesn't train like a surfer for the next couple weeks or three, four weeks, he's not – when he gets in that water on that surf trip, he's not going to be good until like day five. And Mm. then he's coming home. So we got a whole bunch of – and this is actually – this is part of that giveaway. We got a whole bunch of bands and we ordered a whole bunch of spree bands online. We ordered him some mats and we – and he ordered a workout bench. Not even kidding. He ordered a, wa- a workout bench to be delivered to his hotel room in Cannes. So this way, when he got there, he can do those workouts. This is commitment, day. man. This is commitment. That's, yeah. Well, that's only that, that commitment only comes when you have a goal in mind, when you have something that you're working towards. You can't expect that same commitment from somebody who's just like, yeah, man, I just want to get healthy. Mm-hmm. I just want to lose five, like five or six pounds. Like you can't expect that kind, that kind of commitment. You know, so that's, that's like the opposite end of the spectrum. Now we all fall somewhere in the middle, right? Yep. So the best thing to do is sign up for a 5k, sign up for a 10k, sign up for a mud run or sign up for something, anything where there's some physical challenge. In my opinion, I think it's like one of the best things you can do in order to keep your, you know, keep your energy up right? Keep your mind focused on something. Mm -hmm. So this way, when you're getting out of bed in the morning and you're like, oh, I don't really want to go for that run or, oh, I don't really want to go to the gym right now. You're like, wait a second. I, I actually, I have to, I have to, because I have to, I have, I have, I made an obligation. You know, I have, I have a promise to myself that I'm going to, I'm going to compete on this day and I only have two more weeks. So I'm going to, I'm going to get it done. And it could be a bodybuilding goal or a show goal. It also could be that they want to be, a parent wants to play with their kid in the park for 20 minutes without bending over at the waist. I mean, there's lots of goals that are really specific to each person. It could be a wedding. It could be a, you know, it's, it's, I have to fit in this dress or I want to put my, I want to put the same pants I, I had on in, in, you know, when I, when I finished the military, like that Mm. kind of thing. It could be all kinds of little goals, but you have to set the important thing when you're creating a goal is you have to set an end date. If it's a goal that has no finish line, well, then you're running forever. And nobody likes to run forever because it doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. right? So you need to have a finish line. And they can be, they can be, it could be a year from now, but you need to set benchmarks along that. So like in month one, I have to reach this benchmark. By month six, I have to meet, reach this one. So it's really important that whenever you set a goal, it has to have a finish. It has to have an end. Otherwise, now, it'll, it'll never, you'll never accomplish it. And coming back from travel, I mean, I think you've done a phenomenal job of talking about how to strategize and how to insert these healthy practices. When, one of the things that I deal with with clients coming home is that when they get home, there's no food at the house and there's a total crazy plan where there actually isn't a plan. So that's when fast food and that's when things kind of creep in. What about cooking healthy for quick meals upon arrival? What do they do when they get home? Maybe batch cooking. There's some other ideas. I know you post a lot about how you batch cook. Can you unpack that a little bit? Well, imagine this. Imagine you get home from the airport. Your flight lands at like seven o'clock. That's an average time, right? And then you got to go and then you got to wait for your to get your bags. And then next thing you know, it's 830. And then it takes you about 30, 40 minutes to drive home. And it's like nine something. And then what are you going to do? You're going to go out to dinner after that. You're going to go, or you're going to start cooking food, right? So neither of those things sound good. So you're going to stop at McDonald's on the way. You're going to stop at some like random fast food place because it's the quick and easy thing to do. But what if you had batch cooked before you left and you had some chili in the freezer that would only take about 10 minutes to heat up in the microwave or even on the stove. 
you had some stew or chili or some chicken soup or something like that, something that's actually really nourishing and really kind of, you know, it's not, not hard on the belly because when we travel, we tend to like build up acid. We don't drink enough water usually. And then we get home, we have these kind of sour bellies. We want something that we're going to easily be able to digest. Well, if you have some batch cooking foods that you have, that you have stored in the freezer, and then all you got to do is heat it up when you get home. Well, look how far ahead of the game you are. What do you recommend, though? I mean, what's your strategy with that? What are the go-to foods for batch cooking? Let's say maybe it's for a family, like a whole family travels. They get home. What's there? Well, my go, one of my go-tos is, is chili, hands down. I love, I love cooking chili. Uh, so, But I don't make it. I make it kind of like a paleo chili where I don't put beans in mine. So I'll make I'll make a big thing of chili, whether it's in the crock pot or it's on the or it's on the stovetop, and I'll I'll make enough for an, almost an entire week of solid eating. So there's always usually some chili or something in the fridge or freezer at at all points for me to like snack on and eat. You actually had a really good episode in your podcast. We'll link this in the show notes as well about what you do for batch cooking for beginners, you know, talking about food prep. I think what's most important is understanding that when you get home, that's probably, in my opinion, the most stressed you're going to be. It's when you're craving that reward mechanism. So like you had said, Rob, I mean, having things that are easy to digest because of the acidity. As far as the crock pot, though, I mean, is that is the crock pot like one of these things that can really make or break the batch cooking methodology? Yeah, I mean there's it's not just for that. It's like it's 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 if you have certain things that are going to go to waste. I you know, one of the one, an easy thing to do and I'm sure you've done this on the way home is is you know from work is to stop at a Ralphs or stop at, you know, the local supermarket and pick up a whole chicken, right? You get a whole chicken, it's really easy. You're like, "Okay, that's not bad. I'm eating a rotisserie chicken. You know, maybe it's a little salty, but it's still really good for me. It's a lot better for me than than stopping at a fast food place." So you eat this whole entire roasted chicken and then you have this carcass that's left over. And then you, you toss it. You just throw this thing out that, that actually has a lot more nutrients left in it. Hmm. So my wife and I, whenever we make a whole chicken, and we'll make our own whole chickens, but sometimes we'll stop too. But if, you, if we make or buy a whole, a whole cooked chicken, we'll take the carcass and we'll throw it in a crock pot. We'll throw some veggies in there. There's all kinds of recipes online where you can make like chicken broth or bone broth. And we'll just c- crank that baby up. And the next thing you know, 24 hours later, you have the most delicious chicken broth you have ever had in your life. In your life, mm-hmm. and you, I used, I bring that to me with with me to work. Not as I don't even, I don't even make chicken soup out of it. I just, I just drink the broth at work because it's got all these. It's got some. It's got great vitamins and minerals in it. So and I it's just, tasty, <laughs> and it's delicious, and that's the most important thing, right? Because we don't, nobody likes drinking things that taste like piss. Well, this is the action, man. I mean, the action mechanism is if you're going to cook healthy, make it easier. You know, one of these quick meal ideas is yes, throwing stuff in a crock pot, but also using Ziploc bags, throwing that in your fridge and stacking four to five meals so that you have something healthy to eat when you get home. And I think from a nutrition standpoint, with some pretty clear actions now, we will link that blog post that you have for the batch cooking for beginners. But what about exercise? This is Ah. something too, where people don't want to get sweaty when they work out because they're wearing business suits or clothes or whatever it is. I mean, what about scheduling time when people get to work out when traveling? And if so, I mean, what types of exercises do you feel like they should be doing? 
Well, like besides, okay, so if you're in your suit, right, or you're in your, you're in the airport and there's like, I can't get sweaty right now. Well, the best thing to do would be to obviously move around. So you don't want to be that guy doing walking lunges, you know, in the, in, in the airport. <laughs> it would look funny though. Wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be awesome, yeah. right? That's like, yeah. what, that's what Ben Greenfield That would does, be right? ultimate dedication right there. Right, exactly. But like uh, the average person, I would say, you know, don't take, don't take the escalator. Don't take the, take the stairs. Don't take that, like that fast walking stairs. Drag drag your drag your luggage all the way there, right? So just those are like little things, right? Mm. Uh, when you're when you're in the when you're in on the plane, you can sit up straighter and learn this from Kelly Starrett. You can sit up straighter by really cinching up your your um, your seatbelt and sitting back in your seat, so this way your lower back is not rounded mm-hmm. at the base, and you can have a more upright position while you're sitting. Get up. Out of your seat, sit on – well, first you'd have to reserve, reserve the aisle. Otherwise, you're going to piss everybody off. But reserve the aisle. Get an aisle seat. I always sit on the aisle. Get up every like half an hour and just don't – you don't have to like go for a jog. Just walk up the aisle, walk back down and sit back down. Take a couple of minutes just to stretch out your legs. So this way when you get there, you're not all wrenched up and your body's not all like mangled by the time you arrive at your destination. <laughs> so that would be that would be like what I would do in terms of like keep moving while I'm in my suit, right? Yeah. But if you're going to be at your hotel room, and this comes back to what I was talking about before, if you're going to be in your hotel room, you can find five, 10 minutes to do a workout, right? And this is part of the thing, the giveaway that's in the giveaway that I sent to you, which is, you know, do a, do a, you know, a quick five, 10 minute workout. And if you invest, I have, I put a link to it in there too. If you invest less than a hundred dollars in some bands and Spree is my favorite company that makes bands. If you invest less than hundred dollars, you have a traveling gym to take with you for the rest of your life. So for the rest of your life, and I'm not talking about one that's going to take up your whole luggage. It's one that like fits in the pocket of your, of your carry on. Mm-hmm. So if you get the, your hands on those bands, you'll see, I put together a workout for you in there. And there's just, besides just doing bodyweight exercises, doing, you know, pushups and sit-ups and squats, which kind of get boring after a while, you can create hundreds of exercises with these bands. And the, and, the, and the resistance levels go from, you know, very light to really, really, really difficult. Man, and we've talked about so much action stuff. So I'm going to go through this again and pull out the gems and put these in the show notes. So don't worry, you don't have to pull over and take notes right now. But there's this last piece that is, the, in my opinion, the most important, and that's mindfulness. I mean, we've done a great job about what to do and the mechanism behind it. But one of the things that you and I have talked about a lot, Rob, and I know that you focus on in your career and in your in your clients that you train is mindfulness. You know, what is this piece for mindfulness? How do we check in with ourselves and reflect on what's happening while we're traveling, while we're stressed? Well, that's 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 a really important piece of all this. You know, I read this I read this book recently, Two Awesome Hours, right? Um, I don't know if you, if you read this book, it's actually, it's really awesome. And it talks about how to be the most effective with two in for two hours. Right. And what the biggest takeaway for me was, was taking a moment to step away from the chatter, the, 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 the craziness and center your mind. And by taking a walk or by closing your eyes and focusing on your breathing, and just checking out for a little bit and letting your body and your mind reset for a moment. You know, and we don't schedule this for ourselves. And when we're on the road, it seems like it's go, 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 go time. And it's really important that we remember that it's that we have to pay attention to our mindset, right? We we get into this manic state of movement and thinking. And sometimes, just like a computer, just like our cars, you have to turn 
it off for a second. With, besides sleep, right? Besides sleep, we have to just be able to reboot once in a while. And when you do that, you are offering those people around you, the people that are working with you, the people in your relationships, you are offering them a better you, right? Because it's a you that's more present, that's not chewing their nails and drinking thousand cups of coffee and like, you know, going on like two hours of sleep. It's, it's, it's a you that is, that is present with them, that is conscious of what's happening mentally and physically in the moment. I'm so glad we finished with that because the mechanism is one thing, which is equally as powerful, but the mindset is the big slice of the pie for sure. Rob, let's transition. This is honestly, this is my favorite part. This is where I get to know you even more. And it's cool because we're friends and I want to get to know you in these next seven quick questions and just tell me what comes up first. Okay. If there's one thing you could change about health and wellness, what would it be? Within the, <laughs> within what people think to be health and wellness, I would say let's, uh, let's get rid of a lot of these weight loss shows like The Biggest Loser. There was an article that was written a couple of weeks ago. I think it was about a week and a half ago at this point, maybe two weeks ago by the time you launched this episode, where they talked about how people couldn't lose weight on The Biggest Loser and that the people that did lose weight, they all gained it back because mm-hmm. they have some metabolic, um, they, a reset, metabolic, low metabolic rate that ruined by losing weight. And it's like, look, the, these shows, I, I think they can be very inspirational, but they also, it's not realistic. It's, it sets people up for failure. So if you think you're going to lose 500, well, not 500, but if you think you're going to lose 200 pounds in like in six months and then somehow keep that weight off, you're not, you're not being realistic with yourself, right? So that would be one of the biggest things. I, I hate when people think that they're going to life life turnaround is, is, is we're expected. We want that one pill. We want something that turns us around so fast. And the biggest loser pretends that that's possible. And I think, you know, or other shows like that pretend like that's possible. And that's not real. That's not realistic. You had Brett Hobel on your show and he was one of the trainers. What does he think about that? He, you know, uh, I, I talked to him about that and I'll tell you this because uh, I interviewed him on my show. He and I got along really well. I couldn't ask him about that. Mm. But uh, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put words in his mouth. But I'll tell you this, you know, I've talked to other Biggest Loser trainers as well. I know that they know that that's true, right? They go there. They want to look. They want to help people. They want to help those people. You want to, you know. But at the same time, it's a lot of it's a lot of money, right? Yeah. If somebody offered me a job on the Biggest Loser, I'd probably take it. I mean, even though I'd feel like I'm being a sellout slightly. But we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, and I get. I get to show them, you know, like how to be healthy, but I, I would on the, when the cameras weren't rolling, I mean, I feel like I'd be like, look, (laughs) you're going to lose, you might lose 200 pounds during this process. Right. But when the, when the cameras start rolling and you go home and you try to figure out how to do this yourself, it's going to be really, really hard. And chances are, you're not going to be able to maintain this. So I need to set you up for a realistic mindset because otherwise you're going to be really, really upset. What's one thing you'd tell if you could plan a little note in the pocket of your 18-year-old self? What would you tell yourself at 18? I would tell myself that I don't have to know everything. It's okay to be learning. That's the one thing. I feel my, my, one of my biggest problems is that I feel like I should know everything at all times. Hmm. And I, uh, that's something that I grew up with. And some, I, I don't know if I would listen to myself because God knows when I was 18 and somebody who was in their 40s could go suck it. Uh, but, you know... Uh, yeah, I would tell him, look, dude, you don't have to know everything. It's okay to be learning. Nobody expects you to know everything. Cause I just, I had this feeling like I should know everything. And there was this sense of insecurity around all of that. So now I know that I know what I know and I know what I don't know, but I don't, you know, 
I don't really, you know, I don't feel like I have to know everything. What is the craziest meal you've ever eaten? And when I say crazy, I mean, what's the most unique? Like, have you ever eaten something on the cliff in Beirut? Or have you ever been on the back of a camel scarfing down some kind of Mediterranean olive stuffed bell pepper? What's been going on for you with the craziest meal ever? God, I wish I had something good for this one. I just, I I am so unbelievable. And not that I'm boring when it comes to food because I love really good food. But um, I don't think, I mean, the craziest thing I think I've ever eaten was... Uh, and it's going to sound so sad, but like just going to like reaching inside of an entire pig and pulling out meat from a, from like one of these, um, Hawaiian barbecues while the pig is still there, like reaching in the animal and pulling meat out is kind of like a really weird, surreal moment. (laughs) Like looking at the face of this animal as I'm chewing on some of it. Hmm. You know, that was, that was weird. Yes. And I think anyone who was vegan or vegetarian just turned off the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What's your biggest, what's your biggest lesson though? I mean, that you've learned, it's been a nice road for you with twists and turns, you know, compared to your twenties. Yeah. What's the key thing for you to focus on now in your thirties? You know, I don't even think, uh, the the biggest thing now in my thirties, I'm 39. So the biggest thing that I don't think was even on my radar when I was in my twenties was mindfulness. I think I thought of, I thought, I I think I thought of health as only fitness when I was in my twenties. And in my early thirties, I thought of health as fitness and nutrition. And now I'm realizing that health is fitness, nutrition, mindfulness, and, you know, and then community and relationships. Man, Rob, I feel like this is everyone's path. And I just want to push this message as much as I possibly can to save any trainers that might be listening or anyone that's in their twenties some time Focus on being mindful because, yeah. man, I, fa- I share the same mirrored element with you, Rob. If I could go back and plant something in my pocket, I would tell myself that everything is going to be okay because I'm staying open to the work. I'm staying open to being actually present, to doing that real work. What's your yeah. vision, though? What's your vision for Open Sky and what you've created? You have the Open Sky Fitness Podcast, but what about when you're gone? I mean, what legacy do you want to leave around from Open Sky when you're gone? I would like to have a community around lifestyle that people enjoy living life, right? If you, you know, if you lean too far to the side, like if you lean too far to fitness, if you lean too far to nutrition or mindfulness, right? Or relationships, whichever it is, you lose that sense of happiness and joy because you're not, you're not whole, you know, your wellness, your health is and the and what I hope for open sky fitness is that I bring together that, that fullness that completeness in my podcast, in my, in my lifestyle, because this is, this is what I'm trying to live. You know, look, I, I, I want to, I want to show people the way that I'm trying to live my life and therefore inspire them to live it their way using maybe some of the tools that I figured out to help me live mine my way. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm constantly on a path. I haven't gotten there yet. People like I'm not there, at least in my view, I'm on the right road though. And that's what's important. And that goes back to my, what I brought up about my 18-year-old self. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be there already. The, the journey is the end result, right? What is it? It's the Aerosmith. What does he say in that song? It's like the life's a journey, not a destination. Mm-hmm. So it's like the road to Hana in Maui, right? It's not about getting to Hana. Hana's just the end of the road. It's about the road. What is wellness to you? You know, you touched on a lot of things. How would you define wellness? I mean, what's your definition of wellness? 
Wellness is spending time with the people that you love and embracing a day, you know, embracing a day to day, growing and improving your life, you know, rather than just looking at your life as like a grind or a struggle. I think that's what we, we tend to do. We, gotta, we think we got to get through it, right? Every day, if you look at every single day as an opportunity to grow and improve yourself, well, then you're no longer struggling. You're growing and you're, and you're learning, right? The only thing we can do in this world is like learn and share, <laughs> right? It really is. Amen I mean, to that. Absolutely. Right? I'm trying to figure that out. I'm trying to trust myself, right? I need to breathe, trust myself, and be okay, and trust that I'm smart enough to figure all this out. Well, Rob, I think you've definitely painted a clear picture, not only for how people listening to Wellness Source Radio can eat and move healthy when on the road, but also how to understand what our triggers are and self-awareness. So thanks for what you do, man. We'll link everything in the show notes for wellnessforce.com slash open sky. We talk so much about traveling and staying healthy. Do you think there's anything we missed that you want to touch on? Look, there's, it's never ending, right? There's all kinds of ways to improve um, on everything. You know, just don't feel like you have to have, you have to do it all at once. Take it one step at a time. Maybe this time you take your water bottle with you. And then the next time you go on a trip, you pack some food with you, you know, and do one time, do everything, at, do everything one step at a time. Don't try to do it all at once. That's going to, you're just going to feel overwhelmed. Like you got to get it all right. Thanks for coming on, Rob. Wishing you the best, man. Really respect your work. Thanks for what you're doing with Open Sky Fitness. Tell us really quick about the podcast before we say goodbye. Uh, well, the Open Sky Fitness Podcast is basically uh, me interviewing and sharing my and sharing my thoughts, kind of like what we did today. So I I interview people from all over the world, just like you do, that that inspire me, that inspire my listeners to improve their lives every day and to learn a little more every day. Rob Dion, thanks for coming on the show, man. Josh, thanks for having me. I had a great time. And if you want to download Rob's guide, you can just text the word free giveaway altogether, free giveaway to the number 44222. So free giveaway, text that to 44222. That is a wrap for episode 58, almost to 60, too shy of 60. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the show. You know, this is such a joy to be able to connect with you each week. And I hope that you're getting as much out of this podcast as I am. I'm kind of selfish with this thing. You know, I bring on these world-class people. I learn so much from them. And then I just pass that knowledge on to you. So I definitely don't have this whole health and wellness game figured out completely. But when will we ever really? I mean, there's no finish line for this thing. But with guys like Rob, who can point us in the right direction and give us the tools that fit into our unique life, it makes this process of living well a lot more easy and a lot more fun. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, share it with a friend. I depend so much on your energy and voice for this show's message and meaning to get out to the iTunes world and beyond. The greatest compliment you could ever give to the guests that come on the show or to the energy that I pour into the podcast would be to tell somebody that you care about. Next week, we're dropping into another layer of fitness. And if you're somebody that hasn't actually hit the weight room in their whole life, or if you're looking to up your game and the way you strength train now, well, you are in for a phenomenal treat. We're going to bring on Scott Iardella, an award-winning coach and trainer and podcaster who's going to unpack what it really takes to start in the weight room and finish with better health. Now, all you have to do is go out there and create an amazing day with all the tools and inspiration from Rob and every other guest you've had on the show. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness. 